Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we're discussing the one, the only, Pride and Prejudice. I'm Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Today, we're discussing the 2001 movie, Bridget Jones Diary, starring Renee Zellweger. You can watch it on HBO Max, Hulu, or Amazon with a Star subscription, or rent for $3.99. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Pod and give us a like on Facebook. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. We love to hear your thoughts. But before we discuss this cult classic film this controversial rom-com with all of the wonderful tropes that come with a 2000s rom-com ladies i got to know what you sipping now what i'm drinking is incredibly exciting so please hold on to your seats okay are you ready i'm just drinking water Did you say water? <laughs> yes, I said water. Okay, well, please specify tap, Brita, bottle, uh, sparkling out of my fridge filter. So, oh, fridge water, fridge water, nice and chilly in my knockoff Yeti. Oh, yes, that I've been using because I haven't gotten around to buying myself a new water bottle yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm drinking water. It just seemed right. Today was. A fine day, but I just didn't feel myself. And I thought that hot liquid or alcohol would probably not help the situation. And so water just seemed like the most respectable choice. You know, you sharing your beverage with us, Beth, just made me think the best water that I have tasted in my life comes from a garden hose in the middle of summer after a day of running around with my siblings playing in the yard. And I just wondered, is that an American experience? Is that in every country? Do British people drink out of their garden hoses? I don't know. Please share with us on your Instagram if you drink out of your garden hose and which country you reside in. Thank you. I mean, it it does seem like they run around in the yard and play in water as we see in this film. Mm. A young Bridget true in the country great yeah, point. Young Bridget wow. and Mark. watch that unintentional tie-in good job julia <laughs> <laughs> what about you Lori? what are you drinking well i am sipping on a new favorite discovery uh spoiler alert it is the yellow hammer brewing company uh spirit guide it's a sour beer and it's delightful I found it last weekend when I went and visited Julia in Birmingham. Yay! Yeah, that's Birmingham, Alabama, actually. I wish it was England, but alas, it is not. We had yeah. so much fun. <laughs> we went to go see Lake Street Dive, which is one of our favorite bands. And Lori found Woo-hoo! this really good beer at the fanciest Piggly Wiggly I've ever been in. And for the Americans the listening, fanciest. <laughs> you know that a fancy Piggly Wiggly is not something that you would expect. Almost unheard of. It was um, shocking. They had a small yay, Beth. A sommelier. He greeted us and everything. I was like, I'm not here for you, sir. I am here for the beer. So I also have a fun beverage tonight. I am drinking an Izzy, 
which is uh, it's an Izzy. The flavor is sparkling grapefruit. And basically, this is like a basically juice with sparkling water. So it's like a LaCroix on drugs, basically. You know what I mean? Like way more fruity because it's got the actual fruit juice in it. Um, and I actually, fun fact, I used to get these a lot when I was a kid. They were one of my favorite go-to drinks. And they used to sell them at Panda Express, which I don't know if this is an international <laughs> food store or not but panda express is like american chinese food fast food edition <laughs> and they used to I sell don't these think that's an international thing at panda express <laughs> and so i would always get an izzy and it just brings back good childhood memories of me drinking an izzy and watching american idol with my parents <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing all I'm the also impressed that you, i'm impressed that you can say it and that it's called izzy because i've always thought it's called like eyes or iz or is i don't know i could be wrong honestly i'm probably gonna look it up because truly i just assumed so you said it with great (laughs) confidence i mean i've i don't think i've ever heard it pronounced and the only place i've ever seen it is at like a panera bread company yeah the last time i had this was like at least 10 years ago i think so i was excited to see the (laughs) store and i was like austin we gotta get one so he got one for me all right y'all well i'm so excited to be talking about bridget jones's diary today so why don't you go ahead and tell me your overall impressions did you like it did you hate it did you think it was meh let me know there was a lot of uh You know how when you're watching a YouTube video on your phone, you can double tap on one side of the screen to skip forward 10 seconds? There was a lot of that happening. Oh my gosh. No. And let me just say, it was a lot of secondhand embarrassment. (laughs) I was double tapping forward. There were a lot of moments. You're right, Lori. There is a lot of secondhand embarrassment in this movie. And definitely rewatching it, I did notice some things that I had a problem with but I do really like this movie I think it's really fun I think it's very funny and Renee Zellweger is just an absolute delight so overall I'm a fan of this movie although that might be purely for nostalgic reasons I'm honestly not sure (laughs) I enjoyed it as a second uh or I don't actually know how many times I've seen it, but I enjoyed it as a rewatch. You know, I knew what to expect going in. I didn't expect it to do anything wonderful. So therefore it met my expectations and I enjoyed it. It was a nice little reprieve from real life. I think I would definitely have enjoyed this more if I was, say, in a basement with my girlfriends halfway through a glass of wine. You know, I totally get where you're coming from, Lori. I also have to say, because this is kind of the point of our podcast, if you're watching this from the perspective of is this a good adaptation? Is this enjoyable as an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice? The answer for me is a resounding no. I know we'll talk about the tie ins, (laughs) but there are not a lot just as a spoiler. So for anyone who watched this with the expectation that it was going to be like, Pride and Prejudice parallels to the level of maybe like clueless to Emma. Not we're not there. Oh, I totally agree with you guys. Um, it is not the strictest adaptation of Pride and Prejudice for sure. 
But overall, it was pretty well received. It has an 80% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, an 81% audience score. Those are so close together. Uh, And it has a 6.7 out of 10 stars on IMDb. Something that I find curious that I'm going to try not to comment on in any other way and just state as a fact <laughs> is that Renee Zellweger was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress in a Leading Role. So she's nominated for an Oscar for this performance. I I don't know. This just does not remind me of the other current Oscar-nommed movies. And I don't know if that's bad or not. You know, they're all dramas now. So it's just so surprising that a rom-com would be nominated for an Oscar in any category. All right. Well, before we reveal too many of our opinions, let's go ahead and give a quick synopsis. Because like we've said, this is not really a play-by-play of Pride and Prejudice. It's more of a loose inspiration kind of deal. And so we just want to give you a little bit of background information, help you understand what's going on, who Renee is in this. We'll just, let's set the scene. Um, So Bridget uh, is our main character and she is an assistant at a book publisher. She's really unhappy with her life and with herself. She also has a massive crush on her boss. Problematic. While she's at home on a holiday, her mom introduced her to an old friend mark darcy and the two of them did not hit it off she's back at work and bridget finally decides that she is going to take control of her life she decides she is going to start as the title implies a diary of her year and try to make some self-improvements uh during this time she finally get the finally gets the attention she wants from her boss no matter how inappropriate it may seem uh, her boss's name is Daniel Cleaver. As you might guess, he is the Wickham in this adaptation. And the two flirt in a very inappropriate way at the work. Very inappropriate. <laughs> and they end up having a long love affair. Um, during that affair, uh, Darcy and Daniel interact at a party. And we find out that they have some sort of past between them. They got a beef, y'all. They do, truly. And Daniel ends up telling um, Bridget that Darcy actually stole his fiance while they were at university. And this really hardens Bridget's feelings towards Darcy. Like, she already really didn't like him because her mom forced her to talk to him and he wears weird Christmas sweaters. Um, But this really, like, solidified that judgment. Despite her disdain for for him, they continue to run into each other and to have to spend time to each other. Um, during this whole time, Bridget and Daniel are still dating. They're going on like lots of romantic, you know, dates and sleeping together a lot. And um, eventually Bridget actually finds out that he's cheating on her. Or rather, he's cheating with her. Turns out that he actually gets engaged to an American that he has been dating for a long period of time without ever telling Bridget. Um, around the same time, Darcy confesses his feelings to Bridget. and he, sees, he says the iconic line, I like you just the way you are. Aw, swoons. We see this have an impact on Bridget, but she doesn't quite react with the, like, super mad 
confused way that we see Elizabeth react in the book. I feel um, like it's a very like 21st century reaction. Like she just like kind of gushes to her friends about it and yes. tries to play it cool. But clearly she's surprised and delighted by this. Yes. That it, that line, like I like you just the way you are, makes a huge impact on her, which you really understand because she's trying to change herself throughout this whole movie. Like she's trying to lose weight. She's trying to eat better. She's just trying to completely change herself. Well, Darcy actually ends up showing up at Bridget's birthday dinner. The two of them bond and really hit it off by making food together. This is such a cute part of the movie. Um, but then stupid Daniel arrives and drunk. Yeah, he's drunk out of his mind. And him and Mark get into this like ridiculous brawl in the street outside of her apartment. They even break through the window of a Greek restaurant. And I'm like, is this a my big fat Greek wedding tie-in? I don't know. There's literally a moment where one of Bridget's friends runs into the restaurant and says, there's a fight. Like any rational person would react in the real world where fights don't normally happen. Yes. We see uh, Mark in some really good punches, though, and it just feels... It feels a little bit nice after knowing what Daniel has done. <laughs> so after all of this, she actually rejects both of them. And during this process, she finds out that Daniel actually stole Mark's wife and not the other way around, um, which is just fitting with what we've seen of his character so far. Truly appalling. And this is where Bridget kind of has her turnaround moment. Um, and the next little bit of time, she realizes that she truly cares about Mark. Unfortunately, unfortunately, though, she soon after finds out that Darcy is about to get engaged to someone else and he's going to move to New York, to America, quite far away. The undiscovered land. <laughs> the undiscovered land. But of course, because this is a rom-com, he shows up at her door a little bit of time later and you realize that he still cares for her and she still cares for him. Now, there are some unfortunate shenanigans that ensue that I will not go into involving running through the streets in the winter. The streets of London, may we add. In the winter with um a very little clothing on. Panty. <laughs> yes. She's wearing her pants and pants as in the British pants, <laughs> not the American. <sighs> Anyways, they of course end up happily together kissing half naked in the street just her she's the one that's half naked i should say they're happy for now because this is a trilogy and so obviously all is not as it seems wonderful job beth i really loved your description of the summary and those of you who have not seen this movie might be like what this does not sound like a pride and prejudice adaptation to which i would say to you i know but we'll talk about that (laughs) Hold on to your feet. Wait, wait, wait. You got two more sections left. You can see the inspiration there, man. You can. There's a character named Mark Darcy. Okay. Okay. It's not that big. (laughs) Alrighty. This is is no material girl's sense and sensibility, all right? (laughs) It's better than that. Um, Alrighty. So what did you guys think? Um, It's hard to talk about this after just reviewing the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. But what did you think about the cinematography, the music, um, that kind of thing with this film? So for me, the music cinematography vibe, it was a classic 2000s rom-com. That's like 
that is what it was. It wasn't a classic period piece. It was a classic 2000s rom-com, including the inspiration for the music. And honestly, I thought they, they used it well. I mean, there is a pivotal scene where Bridget is racing in a car with her parents who we didn't even talk about her parents but they have a wild ride at this movie um they, left they just yeah <laughs> they have it's a whole nother plot line i'm you sure need to watch you need to watch the movie for that part watch the movie to see a very fascinating plot line including professor slughorn from harry potter and the nurse from harry potter as well anyway <laughs> My point was, she is racing in a car to get to a holiday party that Darcy's going to be at to try to confess her love. And during that scene, there is a classic song playing, Diana Ross's Ain't No Mountain High Enough. And whenever that song plays in a rom-com, in a rom-com, you know something truly amazing is about to happen. So I thought they used their music quite well. I agree with you, Julia. I definitely think this is a very classic early 2000s rom-com i think some of my favorite parts um of the music and cinematography was bridget lying prone on the couch flipping through the channels of the tv <laughs> with different shows talking about romance on them <laughs> as she smokes a cigarette and drowns her sorrows um very very accurate to the time period <laughs> What is the song that Bridget does a karaoke version of in her apartment by herself? Is it all by myself? Yes. yes. Oh, so you guys, so good. Just yes. perfectly encapsulates the human experience. Amen. There's so many that are so good. Like I think that is probably one of my favorite parts of this movie. That I love it when rom coms do this well when they have really good music, and this one really does. I love, um, like. I love Fly Me to the Moon, and it's got respect, and it's got, like, just so many songs that are just so iconic and fun. I forgot about um, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, girl. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Can't Take music. My Eyes Off of You. That's another good one. Mm. Just yes. They make the music fun, mm -hmm. and it just works really well, and I really like that part of it. And again, just like you're saying, like, cuts that are um, in keeping with rom-com fashion, like it lends itself to that experience of it being in an enjoyable movie to watch that you kind of have fun and can kind of like escape the world from. So I enjoyed that part a lot as well. Speaking of fun, <laughs> just going to give away my thoughts there, but who cares? Not me. <laughs> Renee Zellweger plays our version of Elizabeth Bennett in this adaptation, who goes by the name Bridget Jones. Bridget Jones is our Elizabeth in this film. So what did you guys think of Renee Zellweger's portrayal of Bridget Jones slash Elizabeth Bennet? I thought she was great. I mean, I thought she did, like, acting-wise, she did a really good job. She was really, really fun. Um, she did not seem like Elizabeth Bennet, really, at all to me. Just the very insecure um the I, I don't know i mean just so many aspects of it she, she just had a different personality mm. um she was she just thought so poorly of herself and i think one of the key characteristics of elizabeth is she's so pride like she's so prideful in herself and that she thinks she does things right and that was hugely missing here mm. 
I totally agree. If we're looking at this from an adaptation standpoint, there is not a lot of Elizabeth in Renee Zellweger's Bridget Jones. Now, do I think Renee Zellweger does a great job in this movie? Absolutely. Her portrayal yes. of Bridget Jones is incredible. She's hilarious. Yes. But as a kind of pseudo portrayal of Elizabeth, it's just like you said, Beth, it's not her. She's just a very mm -hmm. different character from the confident, decisive Elizabeth Bennet that we know and love. Now, the one thing that I do think is similar is the the prejudice and snap judgments. Bridget yes, does that have does that. exist. She yeah. does make snap judgments about Mark Darcy in the same way that Elizabeth does about Fitzwilliam Darcy. She also does provide kind of like a moment of um of sound advice to her dad who's kind of going through a relationship rough patch to mm -hmm. say the least with her mom <laughs> and I feel like that was kind of an Elizabeth moment as well like as much as Bridget Jones's life is kind of a mess she is still she still has a a little bit of wisdom if that mm -hmm. makes sense she's also kind of forging her own way in this movie in a way that's similar to Elizabeth, you know, Elizabeth's only going to marry for love. And eventually, Renee Zellweger in the movie as Bridget Jones quits her job in publishing to pursue journalism and television. And just kind of like, after a couple of fumbles, she does a really great job in that. And that reminds me of Elizabeth, like her resiliency and determination. I agree. I really liked Renee as Bridget. Like we're going to discuss in a couple minutes. Not really Elizabeth, as we have stated. But she does such a good job at portraying the early 2000s, mid-20s girl. Almost would argue early 20s girl. Trying to figure out what the heck her life is. And what she's doing. And everything seems to be going wrong. And suddenly things start going right but then they go down the garbage chute you know like that whole crazy emotional roller coaster mm. of trying to find your place in the world I think she depicts that really well um and really believably uh one big problem that I did have with this character this version of Elizabeth not even her as a version of Elizabeth, just Bridget Jones, is that they say that Renelle, Renee Zellweger, that Bridget is overweight and she is just not. She's just um, not. like She's just not. She lists her weight in this movie and it is, with her height, not a weight that is anywhere close to overweight. She doesn't look anywhere close to that. But yet she is supposed to be overweight and that's really frustrating. <laughs> I will say that is probably the worst part of this film and actually enraged me at certain points. Yeah. Um, is this film is riding on the coattails of the 90s. Mm -hmm. And the 90s were not a great time for self-image. Uh, just look at pictures and how people treated themselves. It wasn't great. I think we all know that. In this film, she's like, she looks like a human. People keep saying in the film, and she herself calls herself overweight, and she's just not. And 
I think watching it now in 2021, like obviously we can see that and Mm -hmm. we can see how toxic that is. And it is toxic. Remind yourself that if you're going to watch this, Mm -hmm. like, and you realize it, just be warned that that is in this film if that is something you deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is just a Twitter thing, but I have noticed this movie has become kind of synonymous with promoting a really negative body image just because like we've all stated she is seeing herself as overweight when medically she's just not um and like Lori said writing on the coattails of the 90s and the early 2000s where the standard of beauty was just underweight females medically it was deadly it was deadly yes (laughs) and and i think another thing about it's not so much a comment necessarily on Renee Zellweger as it is just the really unhealthy body image and and body proportions and weight that was promoted at the time it seeped into the minds of the directors and Renee Zellweger even when you a crazy thing about this movie is that when you watch interviews of Renee Zellweger from the time it was a huge deal everybody talked to her in interviews about she had to about how she had to gain weight for this film so again Mm -hmm. you know I'm not trying to excuse it and say it was a product of the time but sadly it was a product of the time and like Lori said if you're someone who struggles with body image or even an eating disorder you know just be aware of that when you watch this film that the it's a lie it is a lie Mm. moving on from that slightly depressing note Julia who is our uh first leading man Mark Darcy, ladies and gentlemen, is played by Colin Firth, who, Colin, if you're listening, if you're (laughs) listening, I would like to apologize for the way we roasted you in the episode where we covered you as Darcy in the 95, but he has returned to us. And as you all know, he's in everything. Mary Poppins Returns, 1917, Mamma Mia, Kingsman, 1995 Pride and Prejudice, all, all of the movies. So he plays Mark Darcy, this movie's version of Mr. Darcy. And honestly, this character is pretty similar, in my opinion, to the Mr. Darcy of the novel. And I just got to know, ladies, what did you think of Colin Firth as Mark Darcy? Can we just get a round of applause for the redemption of Colin Firth as (laughs) Darcy? (laughs) Truly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to like, you know, break it in here. I think he truly beautifully redeemed himself at the end of this film with his very last line. I think it's the last line of the film. Wait, can you remind us what the last line is, Lori? Um, yes. It's okay. So setting the scene, you know, Bridget is running through the streets of London with just her pants on and a long cardigan. Um, and a Panties. Shirt, I think. Uh, yes. Thank you for translating the British, Julia. <laughs> um, and uh she comes up on her mr darcy and you know they make up they kiss whatever and she pulls away and she says good guys don't kiss like that to which he replies and crowns himself king of this film by saying oh yes they bleep in do Insert F word where the bleep is, ladies and gentlemen. It was beautiful. Austin loved that line. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. He really did such a good job. I wish that we could have gotten that same energy from him in 
the BBC version of Pride and Prejudice. Where was the energy going? I understand why we did not, but I feel like he was doing the same thing. Like, really, truly, this was the same character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just worked so much better. Mm-hmm. Like, I we got so much different. more from him. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's this really adorable scene where it's Renee Zilwiger's birthday and she's Bridget Jones. <laughs> Sorry. It's her birthday and she's cooking dinner for all of her friends who are just an interesting group of people. Um, I don't know why she's the one that has to cook the dinner, dinner, but anyway, it's convenient for the plot that she is. So Mark Darcy shows up and helps her save dinner because she doesn't know how to cook and she's tied like a blue wrapping ribbon around some leeks and made her leek mm-hmm. soup a weird gross blue so he makes omelets <laughs> and it's just this really adorable classic rom com scene but it shows you that Mark Darcy he's redeemed himself and there's also this moment that he has where um so Bridget Jones, when she chooses to go into television for journalism, she's kind of at this like rinky dink TV station. And um, one of the first big news stories that she's given is about this big trial that's happening. And she's been tasked with having to get this interview and she misses it because the guys like the defendant or whoever it is, they sneak him out the back. But Mark Darcy happens to be around when she gets word that She's missed this big opportunity and her boss is going to be really mad. So anyway, Mark Darcy is actually the trial. And so he gets her this secret hookup interview with this guy who's in the trial. And she gets this big breakthrough interview that's really amazing. And it's just like so kind. And, you know, it's that rom-com hero moment that he has. Mm -hmm. And I felt like he, Colin Firth did such a great job in that scene of like, saving the day in a way that's so like subtle subtly darcy and that's a one moment that does kind of parallel the pride and prejudice books like that's his saving lydia moment but he does it in he's just like so i don't even know how to describe it other than just to say that he's so humble in the way that he saves the day for her if that makes sense in a turn of events uh I completely agree with everything we have said. I think possibly another one of the best parts of this film is him just completely socking this Wickham in the face. Mm. (laughs) Just, it's great. The bar fight where he just finally loses it. And I'm calling it a bar fight or a pub fight because (laughs) that's basically what it is. They're just not in a pub. It was a street brawl. Yeah, it's great. If you just want to watch something that's hilarious and her Bridget's friends are asking who do we want to win this who do we want and Bridget's like well Mark should win no but Daniel was also bad and oh it mm, mm, YouTube it watch the film it's great it's great yeah I I mean I really enjoyed it he did he did a really good job and he had a great opposite to play against Mm mm-hmm Tell us about our bad guy. Tell oh. us about our Mr. Wickham. Absolutely. Ladies, Daniel Cleaver, the Wickham of this film, is played by the one, the only, Yusuf Hugh. Yusuf. Yusuf. It doesn't work. I'm keeping that in there. I'm keeping it in. 
Hugh Grant, who plays Edward Farrows in the 95 Sense and Sensibility, not a Jane Austen first-timer. He also plays William Thacker in Notting Hill, a favorite of Beth's. He plays George Wade in Two Weeks Notice, which is a great film. The Prime Minister in Love Actually. He plays Alex Fletcher in Music and Lyrics, which is a classic he plays St. Clair Bayfield in Florence Foster Jenkins. And most importantly, he plays Phoenix Buchanan in Paddington 2. So, ladies, <laughs> what did you think of Hugh Grant's Daniel Cleaver slash George Wickham? I think they perfectly brought Wickham into the 21st century. Mm. This was great and i say that because i hate the character so much and i hated him so much in this film hugh grant does a great job at depicting a trash human being and when i say trash i mean the first time that daniel cleaver hits on bridget he's commenting on how great her boobs look in her top or is it uh him commenting about her butt and her skirt anyway he definitely does both so you get the point. And it's classly. <laughs> it's classless. And somehow it works on her, which like says something about her self-esteem. Honey, like, no, no, you can do better than the washed up frat boy. <laughs> I agree. And I think your point about them bringing him into the 21st century so perfectly, that's not, I hadn't thought of it in that way, but you're totally right. Because Wickham is hard to adapt for modern times because... Mm-hmm. You don't get trapped into a marriage by going off and spending time with someone now like Mm. you would have in Jane Austen's time. So I'm excited to see how our other adaptations handle that. I've seen it handled in some other ways, but I really liked how they handled it here. They didn't have the Lydia character, which was sad, but I liked that they replaced it with a more intense relationship with uh, Elizabeth slash Bridget. It just had a much larger impact on her but it worked really well with the way that they chose to do this story so overall I did really really like it I mean obviously I like him as an actor I think he did acting wise a phenomenal job in the role Um, really just the three of these main characters played super well together I liked seeing them interact Um, yeah it was really great but especially I like the choices that they made with his character in the situation again it's challenging because it's very different from the book, but they did a good job of ad- of adapting it. I am Hugh Grant's probably number one fan. Um, in terms of adaptations, <laughs> I he and Matthew McConaughey are two of my favorite people in the whole world. I I guess I have a thing oh, for yeah, guys yeah, with yeah. weird faces and semi curly hair. I don't know. <laughs> I just have to interrupt really fast to tell you, Julia. I just read Matthew McConaughey's autobiography. Oh, great! I would recommend. I would recommend Green Lights Good to, to anyone. Good to know. It's a fun listen. Well, so with all that said, clearly I was incredibly unbiased in my opinion of him in this movie. And I thought he did a great job. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Hugh Grant <laughs> does do a great job in this movie, though. You guys are totally right. Mm-hmm. In terms of 21st century version of Wickham, he's just, he is the ultimate F-boy. And as much as the beginning of their romance is like kind of sleazy and gross... To a certain extent, he and Renee Zellweger have such a fun time together. There's this one scene mm. where they're um, in a paddle boat. He takes her on a getaway weekend at this like 
fancy little castle inn thing. And they're on a paddle boat at the same time as Mark Darcy and his girlfriend. And Renee Zilliger and Hugh Grant as Bridget Jones and Daniel Cleaver are just having an amazing time. Like they're laughing, they're having fun, they're making jokes. And it's hard not to root for them because as much as Hugh Grant's kind of a sleazeball, they're laughing and they're having so much fun. And then eventually the way he breaks her heart and then tries to come back into her life. Oh, you just you despise him. And I think that's Mm -hmm. such a great way to translate Wickham, like you guys said, in the 21st century. And Hugh Grant just does it perfectly. And if you guys have seen Two Weeks Notice, he plays a very similar character in that movie. And he is so good at playing the sleazy guy. Um, Also, apparently Hugh Grant as a person is in the book Bridget Jones Diary, which is just really funny. Like he, they talk about him in a way that's similar to the way he's portrayed as Daniel Cleaver in the movie, Mm -hmm. which is very opposite of his personality in real life. And I just thought that was very funny. As we have alluded to, um, or not really alluded to, I mean, I think it's pretty clear our opinion on this, uh, multiple times throughout this podcast, this isn't really an adaptation. It's very loose. Um, And by that, I mean, there's only a couple really strong ties to the novel. Here's my breakdown. The real tie-over is the love triangle. And I'm going to call it a love triangle because that's probably how you're best going to understand this. Anything outside of those three key characters pretty much excluded from this. It's basically just Elizabeth Darcy Wickham and how those three's relationships are intertwined. However, I will say the writers kind of eliminated Elizabeth in a weird self-insert fan fiction moment here and inserted a third character where she is to then coincide with Wickham and Darcy, if that makes sense. You're saying that while they kept the characters of Wickham and Darcy more true to their nature in the book, the character of Elizabeth, a.k.a. Bridget, got a pretty huge, like, that was at the cost of her character changing. Yes. In a major way. Yeah, yeah. I think I understand yeah. that. Um, It was interesting. There were some other things that I did notice that just seemed like uh, little tie-ins, I mean, the way that her mom behaves, trying to Mm -hmm. be a matchmaker, a little bit of a busybody, as well as she has a group of, I believe, four friends that kind of Mm -hmm. substitute in and act as the Bennett sisters. None of them really have any key personality traits for the most part. They're not standing out or trying to replace any of the sisters or fill in for them. But just overall, they kind of act like that, like sounding (laughs) body, like that family unit for Bridget. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Beth. I definitely noticed some parallels between Renee Zellweger, Bridget Jones's friends, and her family. And part of that is just that they're all kind of crazy in their own special and unique way. One parallel that I thought of was um, a character that plays one of her friends is the same person who plays moaning myrtle in harry potter and her character has this boyfriend who's not great and she's just always crying and in some ways i felt like she was supposed to be lydia just because she's Mm. so 
kind of all over the place and or Mary because she's always a downer. <laughs> so I thought that was fun. Yeah, I will say um, I didn't think about it too hard until Beth just mentioned it. But yeah, Bridget's mom in this is definitely like Mrs. Mm-hmm. Bennett, including in a weird way, uh, her going and working at the HSN network. Yeah. And it's perfect. And the dad just kind of like sitting by and letting things happen and not mm. taking initiative. That's a very Mr. Bennett thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Now that we have all of our thoughts and feelings and we understand that this movie is a very loose adaptation, if we want to name it that. It's vaguely influenced. <laughs> there's there's a hint, a hint of influence there. Uh, ladies, what were your make it or break it's? My make it uh, would have to be, I mean, I really just enjoyed the spirit of the, this movie and the music, like I said, but I think my make it has to be the redemption of Colin Firth as mm. Mr. Darcy. Mm. Um, I really, really liked him in this. I think that was like one of my favorite parts about the movie. The movie, And I also obviously really, really love Hugh Grant as well. Like, just like I said before, like I love the way the characters interact together, but truly Colin Firth just like stuck out as being a phenomenal part of this movie to me. Um, and I think what lost it for me is just the loss of who uh, Elizabeth is. Mm. I was sad not to get more of that from Bridget. And like I said, it wasn't as disappointing this time because um, I'd seen it before and I knew what to anticipate. Like I didn't expect her to be Elizabeth, but I have some modern adaptations of Pride and Prejudice that I really love where mm-hmm. you get to see a strong Elizabeth who's still battling with things and who's still figuring things out, but she is strong and she is, um, determined and she is more true to who she is in the novel and I really think that this could have been a a better adaptation with a Bridget that aligned more with an Elizabeth. We know that that character works well with Darcy and with Wickham and with who they are. Um, it would it would change this for sure. But you know, I I did just miss that a little bit, despite the fact that it is a fun film and despite the fact that Renee did an excellent job. Yes, I have very similar make it and break it to you, Beth. My make it is actually. Renee Zellweger as Bridget Jones, not as a version of Elizabeth, but just as Bridget Jones, because she she's just is so funny and so real body image issues aside, which honestly, the body image issues are relatable the way the movie talks about them. Not good. But all of that aside, her karaoke nights by herself and her embarrassing moments that she has I just think Renee Zellweger is a delight and she is so so funny and just her moments of banter with Mark Darcy and the way that she slam dunks on Daniel Cleaver when Mm. he uh tries to get back with her she quits her job and just roasts Mm -hmm. him in front of everybody it's amazing and i love renee zellweger in this movie and it's just so wonderful Uh, alternatively my break it is that this is just not really a good adaptation of pride and prejudice like we've talked about the guy's pretty good 
Bridget Jones as an Elizabeth, not good. If you're watching this movie because you want to see an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, you are not going to like this movie. If you're watching it to look for the parallels, you're not going to like it. If you watch this movie as a rom-com and say, hey, look, there's a fun tie-in here and there, then you'll like the movie. Because I've seen this before. So watching it and being like, oh, where can I find tie-ins? I liked that versus my husband who was watching it and like, oh, it's an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. He was like, no, it's not very good. And I was like, well, yeah, if you're watching it that way. Anyway, that's my break it. It's not a good PNP adaptation. It's just, it's just not. It's a good movie in my opinion, but it's not a good adaptation. I completely agree. Uh, my break it, because I'm going to start off negative and end on a high note, uh, is the awful 90s, early 2000s diet culture that pervaded this entire film. I personally like that. I'm like, if I watch this again, I'm really going to have to get past that just because that's such a major turnoff to me. Um, my make it is Colin Firth, but specifically Colin Firth in that moment, punching Hugh Grant in the face <laughs> and just knocking him on his butt in the middle of the street. It was beautiful. Second only to him saying, yes, they effing knew <laughs> at the end of the film. Just beautiful. Amazing. Also, that reminds me, if you are under, I don't know, a certain age and wanting to watch this movie, it is rated R. So just keep that in mind it is rated r for a reason so we're not encouraging you if you're not allowed to watch r-rated movies to watch this movie <laughs> well Lori, i'm curious to know who would you date from this adaptation oh colin first <laughs> where are you he's much more deserving of it this time oh I my gosh it's so good he plays mm -hmm. a great 21st century mr darcy and i mean I like a little macho guy, but I also like a sensitive guy. And he's like a bit of both. And it's just, I think the street brawl in the street, a street brawl in the street. Yeah, Lori, it's a street brawl in the street. <laughs> Good Lord. The street brawl tied into the one, like we listened to Bridget basically curse the entire film, which like, true, you do you girl. The one time we hear Mr. Darcy curse, it's at the very end of the film and it's used as a punctuation mark and it's beautiful and it's so true to character. I loved it. Oh! <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, I'm having a hard time not laughing because I'm just watching Julia sip her is or is your whatever the heck it is. It's in the definitely empty. <laughs> through a straw. <laughs> I muted How's myself so I could get those last little slurps in. <laughs> so how was your drink julia it's so good you guys if you're wanting to do the Lacroix thing but you think they have no flavor this is for you it tastes like the best strongest sweetest grapefruit juice with just a splash of that little kick of carbonated water and it's so good and yeah it's got some sugars in it but it's not added sugars sugars from the juice and it's healthier for you than soda not that, that matters but if that's something you're interested in so yes i love these it's it's tart and carbonated and just so good and it makes me very happy so 
if you're interested in carbonated juice, check it out. And if you like grapefruit, also good. Also fun fact, it makes for a good mixer. Always important to have on deck. Uh, Beth, how was your water? Mm. <laughs> 10 out of 10. That was some good water. <laughs> Gotta love water fresh from the refrigerator. Nice and cold. Okay, also that reminds me, I listened to a podcast this week, and it said that Dasani water bottles are marked up from the cost of regular city water, at least in America, 1,900%. There's also salt in that water. To make you thirstier. That's why it tastes so good. (laughs) I used to be Dasani obsessed until I became to the point where I paid for my own things in life. And now I drink the free water. Slash not really free because you still pay for it, but less monies. 1900% less. Anyways, great water. Really refreshing. Truly not a better beverage out there. Lori, how was your drink? It was delightful. When I tell you the moment my eye caught this purple can, which is like holographic and beautiful. My nice looking can. Google this can. We'll put a picture on our Instagram. Look at that hollow. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, this flavor, the spirit guide, Beth, it's cherry and blackberry sour. Of course it freaking is. (laughs) When I saw this, I just picked up the four pack and put it in our cart. I just told Austin I'd pay for it. I was like, I'm putting this in with your stuff, but I'll pay you back for it because I got to try this. (laughs) And it is so good. If you can get your hands on it, I think this is the best like, I've just decided I'm a sour girl if I'm drinking beer, and I think that's fine. Drink what you want to drink. Uh, but I think this is probably the best sour I have ever had, and I don't know how I'm going to find it again. I might need y'all to go buy that Piggly Wiggly and pick me up another four-pack. I got you, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm so glad that we all enjoyed our beverages this evening. There is nothing bad in, in anyone's cup. So thanks, y'all, for sticking in with us while we listen to Bridget Jones' Diary. And just a reminder, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and give us a follow on Instagram. We are at Sips and Sensibility Pod. And you can like our Facebook page, Sips and Sensibility. If you are more like me and you enjoy a little more action in your films, a little more excitement, maybe a rare explosion or two, that probably won't be in this next film, sadly, but... You know what I mean. If that's more your vibe rather than a rom-com, this film that we're going to watch next time might be more up your alley. If you haven't caught the vibe yet, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are watching Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. That's right. We're going back to the world of the undead. You can watch this on Hulu or for free on Amazon with an AMC subscription or if you've already used that up. You can rent it for $3.99 or at the time of this recording, I don't know what it will be when it comes out, you can rent it for $1.99. And until next time, keep on sipping, y'all. <laughs>